Justin, a brief intro to the intro here. So what this is, is a brief introduction to the members of our Testaments Book Club and a brief introduction that they do about the book, uh, their involvement with the book club and The Handmaid's Tale. And also they give a little preview of the three main characters of the Testaments so that when we start the actual book club, which should drop tomorrow, uh, that you guys are just ready to roll right into it. So enjoy this. It'll be a lot of fun. A lot of new faces and voices to get used to. So enjoy that. We appreciate you all listening. Uh, Don't forget, we have a bunch of stuff coming up in September and October. We're going to do four episodes in addition to this one for the Testaments. And then all month long in October is Handmade Halloween, uh, which is going to be a blast. Lots of prizes, lots of stuff. It's all about you guys and us having fun for the last month of content before we take a little break for the winter. So enjoy this intro to the Testaments Book Club podcast. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you tomorrow when we drop episode one of the Book Club. See you. Is this it? Mayday. Is it? Yes. All right. Well, hey, we're glad to be back with Mayday. And I'm back. I'm Sarah. And we'll just go down the line and introduce ourselves. Um, I'm Whitney, and I'm friends with Sarah. And this is my first podcast. I'm so excited. (laughs) And I'm Angie, and I'm I'm very excited to be doing this book club with all of you, fine people. Yes, I have. So I'm glad to be back. I am Leah. This is also my first time. Um, I work with Tiana, so that is my connection to the podcast. I am an avid listener, so I'm kind weird, of weird. I'm so weird. fangirling right now. <laughs> I'm matching strange. people's faces to their voices, so it's super exciting. Yeah, it's super weird for oh, this is Tiana. It's super <laughs> weird for us to hear that people are listening and are now here and excited about it because it, normally it's just like you know getting together talking about a thing we all like with some mm-hmm. friends and like we forget that people listen. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. Um, it's very cool. Yeah. So tonight is the first episode of the Testaments Book Club Special Editions. This is episode one of theoretically four. We're going to cover roughly 100 pages each time. So this time we read through chapter six, which was Six for Dead, I believe is the title of that chapter. Um, And then we stopped there as much as it pained us. So if you haven't read that far, yes. there are so some spoilers. Yeah, so beware. Yeah. <laughs> we, will, we will talk all about these chapters. If you have not read through chapter six, please turn us off now. Yeah. Read up. Listen okay. again. You've been warned. <laughs> Speaking of warnings, we are munching and drinking on oh, yes. things. So This is a boozy book club podcast. <laughs> I mean. Having a little fun. Yeah. While we're I'm, talking of about course, the Of course. I don't know yes. if anybody listening knows this, but we generally record these right after work. So it's called for. Yes, yes it is. <laughs> Most definitely. Yeah. Especially today. Yeah, it is Tuesday. <laughs> it's Tuesday. <laughs> I mean, we waited till Tuesday. Okay. Come yes. on. Some credit. <laughs> I don't know. Some credit. <laughs> so let's just jump right into the book. Yeah. I would love to hear people's brief overall impressions just like, what do you think so far? Also, it would be really helpful to know who has read the book and who hasn't and who is caught up on the show. Want to kick us off, Sarah? So, yeah. Obviously, Tiana and I are all caught up on the show because you heard us podcast about it. Um, but I have only read the, I have only slightly read ahead. So, technically, 
for purposes of this, I pretty much have just read this section because I read 10 pages into the next section, but that's not really worth mentioning, but I did. Anyway, so um, <laughs> I've only read the first 108 pages, and my overall impression is that of kind of a meh. There were things that I liked. There were things that I maybe was a little bit, I guess, underwhelmed about. Um, so, yeah, that overall, if I had to say where I'm at right now, I'm just, I'm, I'm hopeful, not disappointed, but not super pumped either. So that's kind of where I am right now as of page 108 cool. in chapter six or whatever. And Sarah um, has read the book. Oh, The Handmaid's Tale? Yes, the original yeah. book, The Handmaid's Tale. Oh, yes, Tale. totally. Uh, I thought you meant before. if we had finished this book yet or not. No, sorry, I was yeah. not uh, I definitely did. Well. I need to reread it, though. It's been three years since I read The Handmaid's Tale, so I'm getting a little fuzzy on those details, so I need to refresh my memory, and I had every intention to before today, but I didn't get around to it. So I'll listen to it. I have it on Audible, so I'll listen to it as soon as I wrap up the Testaments and... I'll refresh that. But The Handmaid's Tale happens to be like one of my favorite, top 10 favorite books of all time. Even top five, maybe. I, I was blown away by Handmaid's Tale mm -hmm. when I first read it. And I didn't read it in college or high school or any oh, type of academic that. setting. College? Okay. No, no academic setting at all. I just read it uh, of like of my own volition. I was like, oh, this is a book and the show is going to make you know, going to be on TV soon, so I guess I'll just read this book so I know what the this, this oh, show is about. So relatively oh, recently was your first was like read. Thirty-three. Oh, interesting. Oh, wow. Okay. I don't think and I, I remember yes, that. Okay. And it was during our current administration, and also I had different two little experience. kids, so that is a different Lens, perspective yeah. than a 22-year-old college student in 2004 yeah. you know, or something. Yeah. So that's, yeah, I should mention that, but I mean, it was, I mean, I just, I, I w could not have been I, could, I wouldn't shut up about it, actually, was the reaction that I had <laughs> to the point where Justin was like, we need you on the podcast. <laughs> I was like, cool, I need an outlet for all my feelings about this book. <laughs> so that is how I felt about Handmaid's Tale. So just a little background on the book of Handmaid's Tale. And, but yeah, that's where I am right now. Um, well, I also read Handmaid's Tale. I remember reading it in high school, but I don't remember what the purpose was. I don't know if we, like, I don't think it was assigned. I think maybe it was one of those choose a book from this group and read it. You know, I think maybe that or, or someone suggested it to me. But I remember being really blown away by it because it was one of the first dystopian novels that I had read. And I was like, oh, this could maybe happen. You know, and my high school self was like, we have to protect the women and we have to like actually give them voice and power. So that was really encouraging to like read because I hadn't read anything like that before. And then I re-listened to it recently just before reading the Testaments. And so I've been, it's been fun to see like any parallels and, um, and I watched the whole season, you know, all the seasons of Handmaid's Tale so far, and I'm excited too. So I'm, I'm all caught up cool. and yeah. So I'm what do you, what are your first thoughts? Oh, my so first far? thoughts. Well, I kind of feel like Sarah did. I was like, I really, really liked Handmaid's Tale and I thought it was super tight and well-written and, and told from that, um, you know, that single perspective that was really limited. And I liked that. And then when I've started reading this, I've had a hard time with the multiple perspectives and narratives um, and the the youth of some of the narrators because then I feel like, oh wait, is this young adults now? Where are we? Because I love Lyd Aunt Lydia's stuff. Um, I feel like that matches a lot of what the original Handmaid's Tale was and like. And the tone. And the tone, yeah. And I think, I don't know if that necessarily means this is a like a terrible book or anything because I've enjoyed it, but I, I had hopes 
I guess, or expectations. And especially because the show is so adult also. And so it was hard for me to get into the voice. But I guess that's also part of it. You know, like, here are young girls who are being treated this way and growing up this way and being brainwashed. And, like, that actually is kind of adult now that I think about it. So I don't, I don't know. I guess I feel, like, on the fence about it. I, I'm happy I'm reading it. I don't want to stop. But I am like, but it's not Handmaid's Tale, you know. So that's where I'm at. So I, too, am caught up with the episodes. I actually read The Handmaid's Tale in college. I have not reread it since then, so it would be interesting to go back and um, spend some time with it. I will say, as far as the Testaments go, I am really drawn to Agnes. So even though it's a, you know, a younger voice, I still need to know what's going to happen with her. And so I really, especially the way it ended, right, with the... Um, know the last chapter Mm -hmm. was very difficult and you know just her sort of trying to figure out who she is and what is her past and obviously being stuck in this terrible place so I would say I was most drawn to her character Uh, I feel like some parts are a little rushed but then you know reflecting on the um, the documentary that we uh, went and saw last week where she said where uh, Margaret Atwood said you know, I wrote this in response to Donald Trump being in office. And so you think, yeah, oh. she had to hurry up and get a lot in because, yeah. you know, we need so to read much. it while he's so in much. office so mm-hmm. that it makes even more sense, right? And so many, uh, from my perspective, insane things have happened. Right. That you just, like, never expected to really mm-hmm. happen. Exactly. Um, at least in America. And I would say that she does promise to sort of tighten up the loose ends from The Handmaid's Tale, right? I mean, that was one yes. of her yeah. goals with writing this text. So I anticipate that... We will see that as, you know, as we continue to read the next sections. Yeah. So Daisy's voice is young. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, I think we all know who she is, right? Yeah. I mean, so yeah. that yeah. was pretty, pretty obvious. So that's the other thing was pretty concrete. Like, I right. wasn't like, oh, you're kind of giving it away on who this is. So, sure, sure. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, that's um, what I think so far. Can you tell us where you saw the um, documentary in case other people want to listen? So Watch. Whatever. Well, we saw it at the movie theater. I'm not sure oh, that it was yeah. the it was the event yeah. screening. Yes, the okay. event screening. Yeah, yeah, sorry. So, I'm I not sure that it would be or it's available. Yeah, I don't I, believe that's that. available online anywhere. Yeah. Oh, so, wow. those of you lucky people who caught it in the theater, yeah. we got a neat. shout out to Justin yeah. for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. shout out to Justin for making that happen. So that I was, was awesome. sadly not yeah. able to go, but I'm yeah. sure it was amazing. It was good. That's really cool. Yes. So, Leah. I am, obviously, I've read the book. I'm caught up. I read The Handmaid's Tale in high school. I want to say senior year and maybe AP English, which the teachers would know if that's accurate. Mm -hmm. And I also think we watched some weird movie at the time based on The Handmaid's Tale. Do you know what I'm talking about? Not a good one. Not a good one. Oh, God, the movie. It was bad. bad. It's like physically painful. Yes. And I can't imagine it was super appropriate for high school seniors, but I went to public school. (laughs) I'm kind of shocked. Yes, Honestly. but that is my that was my memory of The Handmaid's Tale up until the TV show. Caught up on the TV show as well, and I'm actually, my boyfriend right now is getting caught up, so I've been re-watching, so I just watched seasons one and two again, and he started season three this week. So it's it's nice He's going back. He's two episodes in. He oh, cried goodness. two times also, yep. so. Oh. <laughs> so it's been really cool going back and watching the show, and just so many things I miss, and just um, also listening to the podcast and then re-watching the show has been really interesting for me. First impressions, I honestly was kind of almost bored the first couple chapters, but it really turned around for me since then. And I would say now I'm enjoying it. And I'm trying to pinpoint where it turned around. 
and it's I, I want to say like the bomb, yeah, when the bomb, the literal up. bomb yeah, <laughs> that man. went off. That's when I kind of it piqued my interest more. So now I'm I'm more engaged. I'm more intrigued. The change of perspectives is a little weird for me too, but I have to say I really like the perspective of being in school in Gilead. Like mm-hmm. I think that was something I was craving throughout the show. So that's been great for me too. But I do I wish I would have reread The Handmaid's Tale in the past couple of years cuz it's so blurred in my head whether I'm remembering things from the book or the show. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's So right. yeah, that I think that'll be an interesting conversation. Oh, so interesting. So I feel like I've definitely talked about it on the show before. Um, I first read The Handmaid's Tale pretty young. I want to say I was maybe middle school age or very young in high school. Just I was I read a lot of very dark fiction then and always. Uh, I was reading a lot of Stephen King, you know, a lot of uh, Fahrenheit 451, you know, classic dystopian things. I don't know why I was a messed up kid. Um, But anyway, I loved it. And didn't get back around to it for a while, but I know I reread it several times. I definitely read it a couple of times in college, not for class or anything, just because I wanted to read it again. And then I put it down for a really long time and kind of moved on to other things. And then I heard the show was happening and was like, ooh, great excuse to read that again. So I read it before the show, mostly because I knew we'd be doing this podcast and I wanted to to be cut up. So that's my, my handmaid's history. I really am in enjoying the book so far, but I think it largely has to do with being very prepared for it to not feel really like The Handmaid's Tale. Mm -hmm. Like, I think if I had gone into this book cold, just only knowing this is the sequel to The Handmaid's Tale, and it's, you know, decently in the future of where you left off, but this is the literal sequel, not just another book happening in that world. I think I would have been kind of disappointed but I feel like I'm, I'm not really because I knew to expect it to be pretty different. Although I do feel jarred pretty much every time it flips to Daisy. Mm-hmm. Like it's just so recognizable as a world I have almost lived in that it's just really like, ah, okay. Like now we're definitely in, in a world that I can imagine what the things look like and like what her life experience must be like. But for the others, you know, much less so because they're taking place in Gilead. The book, The Testaments, covers three perspectives thus far. I believe it's throughout the whole book. Daisy, who lives in Canada um, and is very aware of Gilead and the resistance and everything, but is not, you know, she's she's a teenager. She has other things on her mind, largely. And then Aunt Lydia, who is in a very different place than when we left her. Or maybe, I mean, maybe it's not that different of a place. We don't really get to see Aunt Lydia's world outside of how it relates to Handmaids in The Handmaid's Tale book or show. So maybe this is like very similar to how her life was away from them. We've only had little snippets of that in the show, so it's hard to say. And then Agnes, um, also back in, in Gilead, which from the show we know who that is. Mm-hmm. So the jumping around a bit I find nice, except when it's a hard jump into Canada where it just feels so different. And I feel like I need to put on like a different hat o reference for for those parts but generally i'm really enjoying it can i clarify the timeline on this so is this what i've heard is this is supposed to be 15 years after the last book is that right uh i don't know do they say a specific time i, I feel like it probably was mentioned i think it's about 15 okay. years like i feel like that's what she mentioned when we cool. saw that documentary right and mm-hmm. i mean i guess it lines up with the idea, I feel like Agnes feels a little 
young for That's me. What was so, but me. yeah, I, I'm not. I feel like there's got to be some liberties, right, with what we see on TV mm-hmm. versus what we're reading in the text. Well, so, and it, it well, would make sense that she would feel younger than what we think of as mm-hmm. how a 15 year old girl would be because she's in this intensely sheltered, right, protected by society and by her circumstance of right. just being a female world that she's living in. She's, you know, it's not like she knows what's going on in other places in the world. Like mm-hmm. a 15 year old girl today here would. Or even, you know, has, like, really social awareness to the level of, like, what is life like for other groups? Like, it's it's more prescribed. Mm-hmm. So I think that makes sense that she would feel young. Well, it's interesting, too, because we're reading this transcript in which she's recalling when she was younger. Mm-hmm. And so we, true. <clears throat> it's hard as the reader to know exactly how old she is at the time that at she's time recalling it. it. Yeah, because then you right. have all these images of her as, you know, six and seven with her mom and running, and running around. Yeah. And, yes. and you're kind of like... Okay, but where are you? And then we don't really, I guess, I mean, we don't really catch up to her current age, do we? We don't know. Well, we don't know. We don't know. I really hope we do by the end of the book. Yeah, I don't, we don't really know. Yeah, that's, that's something I've been really curious about is like, how far back is she remembering? Mm -hmm. Like, mostly in the context of like, how well is she really remembering that is kind of what I was thinking of. Because if I'm trying to remember back to when I was like 14, 15, like, I don't know how accurate those memories are. I think I'm probably much cooler in my memories than I was in real life. So surely some other things are off. That's something I do appreciate about the consistency of style from The Handmaid's Tale to this one is that really limited narrator of, like, you really get the sense that, like, Margaret Atwood has crafted these characters to be only seeing what they see. You know, they only experience what they experience and they're filtering it. They're filtering the story through their own interpretation of it. Mm -hmm. Like, you never feel like, oh, wait, she shouldn't know that, or, like, you know, you, you yeah. know. She's too mature. Yeah. Like, you really just get this very pure character, which I which I like. Yeah. I did really like also that um, a lot of time was not wasted with world building in this book. That's mm. a gripe I have with sequels generally mm-hmm. in books, is that way too much time is wasted building the world again when it's a sequel. You should in my opinion, totally feel, totally assume that everybody has read the preceding books and knows what's going on. So, like, please don't give me 50 pages of exposition on the world. You are right yeah. into Aunt Lydia's, like, day, right. <laughs> essentially. Right. But it does touch on the takeover a bit, and that was the one thing about Handmaid's Tale that I didn't love, is that the takeover is only mentioned in the first, I don't know, like 50 or 70 pages of The Handmaid's Tale. And it's it's covered in like two pages. Yeah, that's true. She And I just kept rereading it thinking, is there more about the takeover? Because it's obviously just fascinating. But the, she touches, at least in the first hundred and so pages, like she does touch a few times on the takeover, which was very fascinating and satisfying. Yes, about yeah, the money. and the most interesting. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. yes. Because with the youngins, like, what do they remember? They don't know. But, like, with Lydia, she was a judge, and, like, they took control of the money, which you knew from Handmaid's Tale. But just any time she touches on the takeover, I'm in. Like, yeah. give me any small nugget about the takeover, and I'm, like, hold on tight. I never, I didn't about that, I think I'm conflating the other nuggets we've been given from the show right. about the takeover. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's taken three seasons for us to get, like, a little bit of information. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's still a lot more than you get from the original book, right? Mm-hmm. They really dangle um, that. But yeah, it's that is a really interesting part that I still feel starved for information about, generally. <laughs> there were a few quotes in here, and I don't know when we're going to get into quotes, but there are a few quotes <laughs> in here where I was like, whoa, yes. Mm-hmm. And then there were a few other quotes where I was like, 
that's cliche or that's lazy. <laughs> so we can talk about all of them. Lazy but even. A little Damn. lazy. I know. And I adore her and she's a wonderful writer. And I, I, feel I your couldn't English, do this. I feel your no. English skills coming out. Let me, let me preface this with I couldn't do this at all. Oh my or gosh, even, no. even close to what this no. is. I can't do it. I can barely write a student sample sometimes to save my life, but... <laughs> Were you um, noticing laziness in specifically the younger narrator's parts? I don't know. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I noticed okay. it with Aunt Lydia. Well, and maybe that was just supposed to represent the way the character thought. Like, Well, there's yeah. one from Lydia. Ability, where I feel it like says, with Lydia, you, you already have so much of a character developed in your mind, yeah, though. So like, right. Lazy writing wouldn't necessarily be lazy writing. It would be shorthand for the I, reader, right? Yeah. I don't mean lazy. I mean, that's a, that's a, oh, that's a stabby adjective there. Um, <laughs> I mean, I mean, like, you don't notice the sky is falling until little piece is falling on you. Like yeah, that's, that's a, good. That's a fairly like that line. But it's a little I yeah, it. it's a because little... I felt like it was Aunt Lydia though. Like I felt like it wasn't necessarily lazy, but that she she as the character she made a couple of quips like that throughout. I think her stuff where she's kind of like, oh, I like now I have to find some. Yeah, I felt like that was just her. Yeah, I mean it's a true. I statement. do. I, I remember that point, and I do remember thinking when I read that I was like, ugh. Yeah, a I've read bit. that line like five hundred times. A little. But also like I was. Also thinking like, wow, like just informationally, like that's super interesting to hear about the takeover that even somebody as astute and as watchful as Lydia was not really taking Uh it seriously until it directly affected her and she had this terrifying experience. That says something that must have that really puts a, a level of like forethought and planning to the takeover that I just hadn't really attributed to it before. It actually sounds very June, too, like June monologue. I think mm-hmm. she has said something oh, yeah. similar mm-hmm. to that. In the show or in the in book? The show. Or, yeah. In the show. I think she has a great line. It's something like someone could turn up the bathwater and you would boil to death before you yeah. even noticed it was being turned up. Yeah. And that yep. line reminded me of something June would say. Yeah. See, but that's That cool. line is better, I like though. that. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a cliche. But that yeah. is a cliche. It's like, like, we, like boiling a frog, right? that before? Yeah, the right. frog and the right. boiling water. The sky yeah. falling, yes. Have you heard frog that? Frog and boiling water, no. I think no? with Aunt Lydia, though, we crave more about her life oh, and yes. her story. And so... I'm going to give a pass to the cliche because I just want to know more about that, yeah. right? Yeah. So I, I'm okay with that. Yeah. I, I really need to know what her story is. Yeah. And I even feel in the first 108 pages I didn't get enough. I feel like it was oh, yeah. too much Agnes, too much Daisy. I need more Lydia. Yeah, yeah. you were so waiting for her to come I back. Need, I need Daisy yeah. to get yeah. more interesting. I think she fast. will. <laughs> I think once she figures and puts pieces of her yeah. life puzzle together, I yeah. think, you know, we will... Yeah. Now that Get mom a little and dad, more complexity with her. So now that mom and dad are out of the picture, I think it'll pick up quick with Daisy because so I, I think that. it'll pick up with that one. I loved that she sounded like she was just picked up by a motorcycle chick. I was like, yes, <laughs> <laughs> this sounds fun. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think her character is interesting because she seems on the one hand perceptive, like she notices things. She's like, okay, this guy hangs around the store all the time and these pearl girls always mm-hmm. come and like Ada doesn't look like she's charitable and like there's all these little things but then she also can't put the clues together like she can't she's just she's also just like okay don't let george go to the bathroom he's a perf you know you just you're like okay you're clearly 16 or whatever age you are so there's an interesting like you can see that she's thinking about things and and we kind of you know are wondering about her and like "Mm." but but she doesn't quite put it all together so she her youth is interesting to me too 
Yeah. yeah I, th- I find the dichotomy between her and Agnes really mm-hmm. interesting in the things that they're noticing about others or the way that their own society is at such different, like, levels of understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, even given that their societies are worlds apart they have virtually nothing in common except that the women have babies <laughs> like right. that's pretty much it yeah i i think see, going from from them you know one to the other is very interesting but comparatively it still makes me really want a lot more from daisy's character because i find agnes her narration so much more interesting yeah even though Really, like less is happening with Agnes, I guess. But, yeah. but because we but don't less know less exciting her things anyway. Yeah, yeah. Like the doctor thing. Yeah, that's true. The dentist. Ugh. But I also think she's really becoming more perceptive of the things around her. She's like just not taking what maybe her peers are taking at face value. Like this is the way Gilead yes. is, and she's becoming. Well, that's also. Do you think because she's also narrating from an older age? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're right. Like calling but... into question the children's songs and things. Mm-hmm. But also, her mom's gone, and that was a big, big thing. So, like, I, I think she just got to not notice things when her mom was around. And then her mom dies, and all of a sudden, it's like she has to notice everything because she's yeah. back in kind of a not a survival place, but, but a social place. Definitely, survival like, a, you know, she has to be aware of how she's navigating the world now in a right. way that she didn't have to before because there is no parent to shelter her. Mm-hmm. True. And she doesn't feel any love or affection from anybody yeah. around her. Not mm-hmm. even almost the. Yeah. The Marthas. Yeah. I feel like even yeah. she's disconnected from them as well. Oh, so. definitely. Well, they have their, yeah, they have like a whole new like world in their lives slash jobs, which mm-hmm. are pretty much synonymous mm-hmm. um, because of the baby now. Right. Like their responsibilities are completely changed. Their mm-hmm. allegiances are probably completely changed because they did not feel like they were big fans of Paula at first. Mm-hmm. But like now there's a baby. Yeah. They remind me, and you guys can tell me if you think this is ludicrous, but like that archetype of the three witches like not that they're evil but that they are sort mm. of there to do the whatever works best for them and not and like they do mother her in some way and that they talk to her and give her advice but they also are kind of like yeah but that's not my responsibility mm-hmm. and they right, step back and so i don't know they're, they're, they're never new, they're never positive cauldron. or negative they're just like this existence and force and she wants more from them and they're not gonna they're not they're giving not it to her yeah kind of like I don't know. And it's almost like she wants more from anybody. Yeah. The only love and attention she has is baking things in the kitchen with them. Right. Which is so trivial. She loves cooking and baking. I know. I don't know why, but that I find that so endearing that like that is a thing that she really loves and wants to do even though it's inappropriate for her station in life. Mm -hmm. It's her only Um, and then she like finds little ways to Mm -hmm. do it anyway and Mm -hmm. is excited to do it. I really love that. All right, that wraps it up for the intro to the intro of the podcast. So remember, tomorrow we're dropping episode one of the Testaments Book Club podcasts. Remember, in October, tons of great things coming up, some more interviews, lots of contests, lots of things to give away, some stuff that we don't even have yet that you don't even know about that you're going to love. So stay tuned, keep subscribed, and uh, tell your friends and your family and whoever you think would want to get down with this. So thank you again for listening. We'll see you later. Bye, matey.